Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Yankees are back, officially back, B-A-C-K, all caps. They're back, as you can see here, nine straight wins, and that puts them at 72-52, and 52, good for second place in the American League East. They recently overtook the Boston Red Sox for that second place spot, as you can see here, now two and a half games ahead of Boston, and still four back of Tampa Bay, but even that is a drastic, drastic difference from the position this team was in a month or two months ago. Completely struggled the entire first half of the year. Nothing going, especially offensively. The team looked flat. It looked lifeless. They looked unmotivated. And if you look at the record, July 16th, five weeks ago, two games above 500, 46 and 44. Meanwhile, Boston at that point was 20 games above 500. Now, it is the Yankees that are 20 games above 500. 9-1 in their last 10. Nine of those wins coming in a row. Their most recent win against the Minnesota Twins, a struggling franchise this season. Seven runs to one, so domination. They've been dominating everybody they played lately. Not even the Twins. Not even teams that are as bad as the Twins. Teams that are in the playoff picture, like the White Sox and the Red Sox. They won consecutive series against playoff teams. A far cry. A far cry from the Yankees team that we saw the first half of the season. If you followed the team at all, you know that the, the offense was abysmal outside of a couple guys. Almost everybody on the roster was underperforming. The bullpen was, was not living up to, its, uh, up to its expectations. The starting rotation was about average other than, other than Garrett Cole. And a lot of that had to do with the spider tack issue, the, the pine tar issue, whatever it was. Pitchers had to readjust after the cheating was uh, essentially counteracted by league policies. But what the Yankees did to turn this whole thing around is really something very special, something very memorable. They, they came into the trade deadline, and a lot of people thought maybe selling would be the right move. Getting rid of the guys with a lot of salary on the books, getting rid of, of some right-handed bats potentially that are just clogging up the lineup, that were clogging up the lineup at that point, um, and just getting younger and looking towards the future with this team. I especially did not think the core that they had in the first half of the season, the, guy, the, the lineup that they were putting out there night after night, was good enough to make the World Series, which is the goal every year. If you're a Yankees fan, the goal is to make the World Series. But what they did is they went into the trade deadline looking to add left-handed bats, which was really, really what everybody knew the Yankees needed, some left-handed bats. So what did they do? They got Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers for prospects, and they got Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs for also some prospects. And not only are those guys left-handed bats with pop, which of course you want in Yankee Stadium. You play half your games in a stadium with an extremely short porch in right field. Everybody knows that. Left-handed hitters have historically thrived in the Bronx. Not only that, though, Rizzo and Gallo also add a solid defensive presence to this team, which is something they sorely needed the first half of the season. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the American League. That has all changed. Complete 180 turnaround for this team. And yes, Rizzo and Gallo are going to get a lot of the credit, but this team, unlike almost any other team in, in baseball right now, I think the Yankees truly are a team of 40 players. I think their entire 40-man roster has contributed greatly to this, this recent success. Of course, Judge, Stanton, 
DJ LeMahieu, Brett Gardner. Those guys have been at the core of the team for the last four or five years. But Garrett Cole in his first full season as as a Yankee has done great things. Chapman has been relatively himself most of this year until his injuries. But outside of those guys, the vast majority of this of this success can be attributed to I don't want to call them no names, but no names. Nestor Cortez Jr., Luis Gill, Andrew Heaney, Michael King before he was injured, Jonathan Loizaga. Montgomery's been around. He's been good this year. Tyone turned it around. After a poor first half of the season, absolutely turned it around. Can't say enough about that guy. Higashioka, as a backup catcher, has outperformed Gary Sanchez. Rubnet Odor, a guy I slandered, and I think I owe an apology to. Rubnet Odor has been great for the Yankees. Andrew Velasquez, coming on strong lately at shortstop. Luke Voigt, a guy who had a lot of injury problems throughout his Yankees career, but went healthy. Honestly, one of the best first basemen in the league, offensively. And Tyler Wade, another guy I didn't, I didn't give enough credit to ever. And a left-handed bat, which is huge. Also can play great defense at second, third, or shortstop. And great speed on the bases. And just an energy guy. A guy, a guy that you need on your team. He's not going to be your third hitter or your fourth hitter driving the ball to all parts of the ballpark. But if he's your 7-8-9 hitter and can, and can get on base a decent clip in front of the top of your lineup where the, where the heavy hitters are, because now your top five is unstoppable. The top five of this lineup is unstoppable, which is the Yankees have always been that team. But you look at DJ LeMahieu, you look at Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, and Gallo. And then eventually Urshela, Torres, Voigt, all filling in there somewhere. This is easily the best lineup in, in the American League, in my opinion. When, when fully healthy and fully performing. And even when not fully healthy, as we've seen this season, especially lately, because they're, they're still not fully healthy right now, the guys that come up through the farm system are just doing their job so well. They're outperforming expectations, and they are filling in the missed performance from the guys that are hurt. And that is just so valuable. It really galvanizes a team like nothing else can. When the guys who are, this may be their only chance to, to make a name for themselves in the major leagues, and they're just going all out, putting every bit of energy they have into every part of the game, and that's going to feed off, that's going to feed into the, the stars playing their best baseball. Because you know what? I don't think there's such a thing as a guaranteed spot on a pro sports team. I mean, maybe, maybe if you've proven it year after year. But especially in baseball, the guy that has the hot bat is going to play. So if, if the quote-unquote no-name guy comes up through the system, double-A, triple-A, now he's in the show, he's waited his whole life for this moment. And guys like Andrew Velasquez from New York City, of course he's going to play well for the Yankees. This is, this is everything to people like him. And that's going to feed into Aaron Judge, Stanton, etc., even Aaron Boone, because they know what, the, what this team has is special. Joey Gallo is another guy, another, another lifelong Yankees fan, a dream of his to play for the Yankees. So, so that's, especially with an organization as great as this one, an organization that has so much history and so much just uniform respect, that you have to have a roster like this. This is, this is as true of a Yankees roster as, as they've had in a long time. 
I, I think that's fair to say. So, as a fan, it's a very exciting time to be a Yankees fan right now. And if only the Tampa Bay Rays weren't also so good right now, the Yankees and Rays are two of the hottest teams in baseball and probably the two hottest teams in the American League. If the Yankees were doing this in a year when the Rays weren't as good, they'd be in first place right now. I mean, 20 games above 500 is, is incredible. So, so this team is no joke. This, I, this is not a fluke. The two moves they made, and also just the fact that the, the, the farm system is paying dividends right now, this team is legit. This is a legit contender with their pitching and with their lineup right now. The balance it has, the, the balance the lineup has between the left and right-handed bats, the contact guys and the, the power guys, this team is legit. If they could stay healthy, if they could stop catching COVID, the Yankees, I think, are almost a lock to make the American League Championship Series and probably go up against either the Rays or the White Sox, if I had to predict, if I had to predict that. And to be honest, I really don't think there's, there's only four or five teams I can legitimately say are better than the Yankees right now. Not only the way they're playing, but just the simple roster construction, if you, looked at, if you look at raw talent. I think the Dodgers are a pretty clear choice just because of they have everybody somehow. <laughs> and, and the San Francisco Giants, another team that is really good, despite what people thought about them, they've, they've proven that they're really good. This, the Giants aren't a fluke. And then I think you could say the Rays are better than the Yankees, but I don't know if there's another team. Maybe the Astros, maybe the White Sox, but they're not hotter than the Yankees right now. And since the All-Star break, so since this, since this Yankee team became what it is, the current iteration of the Yankees, no one has played better. They're the hottest team in August. They're the hottest team since the trade deadline. The Rays are also up there. But other than that, this team is scary. I don't know how you pitch to this team. Because every time you get to a guy where you're like, man, I really wish I could get him out, but I can't throw strikes to him because there's another power guy right behind him and another power guy after him. The top five or six of this lineup consists of all-stars. So it's just a great time to be a Yankees fan. And I, I really hope they stay healthy for once. This really could be the year. More, more than any of the last four or five years with this core of Judge and Stanton and Aaron Boone being the manager, and even Girardi before that, I think this team has the right mix of pitching, contact hitting, left and right-handed balance in the lineup, leadership, and just talent. Pure talent. This is the most talented the Yankees have been probably since the World Series team or, or the years following that team when they still had prime Jeter and prime, prime A-Rod and Sabathia was still one of the best in the league. But since then, I don't think the Yankees have been as good as they are now. And they're still not fully healthy. Wait till Corey Kluber comes back. Wait till Luis Severino comes back. Even if they're not their full selves, Having the option of Luis Severino giving you three or four innings or, or coming out of the bullpen or starting, either one, having that option, managers would kill to have that option. And who knows what other guys are even going to come up through the farm system and, and produce. We, we haven't even, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of the amount of depth that this team has. They, they are one of the deepest teams in the league. The Dodgers are one of the deepest 
the Rays, and I think the Yankees are right up there with deepest teams in the entire league. So like I said, a very exciting time to be a Yankees fan. Big things are up ahead for this team. Big, big things. They're back. I was 100%, 110% wrong about this team. I overreacted when I, I made a podcast two months ago or so saying that the Yankees were dead. COVID killed them. They had no chance. The other teams in their division are way ahead. They should just give up. I was wrong. They didn't follow my advice. That's why I'm not the GM of the Yankees. I'm just a, I'm just a fan. And I was just dead wrong. I was dead wrong about this team. They've proven me wrong. And also the moves they made were the exact right moves. One thing I did say is that the Yankees needed two things. They needed better leadership and they needed left-handed bats. They got the left-handed bats and they've gotten the leadership in a variety of ways. Anthony Rizzo, in my opinion, is, is a guy that is so underrated in terms of a locker room presence and a guy you have on your team. I, I think he can fuel a team with just his positive energy and, of course, his play on the field in a way that many players can't. I, I advocated for having a guy like Didi Gregorius on your team in that Yankees Are Dead podcast because when he was around, the things he would do on the field, you could tell his teammates fed off of it. You could tell that his actions throughout practice and games and everything else, the way he handled media, everything. He was a good teammate and a good player, and the teams he was on were successful in large part because of that. So that's about all I have to say about the Yankees at this time, but I don't expect them to slow down anytime soon. Their, their schedule the rest of the year is, is a good mix of bad teams and teams that they need to win games against. They have series against the Athletics, who are a wild-card competitor with them. They have series against the Red Sox, who are chasing them down in the standings. And they have a series, the last series of the year is against Tampa Bay, which very well could be a series that decides first place in that division. The difference between playing in a wild-card game and playing in the ALDS. So, so, of course, the work is not done. But the amount of work that's been done already is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Even if the season doesn't end how we all want it to with the World Series championship, the, the fact that the Yankees never give up and they, they're always dedicated to winning, it, it's something to marvel at. So that's really all I have to say about the uh, New York Yankees at this point. But I am very happy. One other thing I'm going to cover real quick is my picks for all of the Week 1 NFL games. Football season is very close. September 12th is the first Sunday of the year. We also have a game that Thursday. So I'm going to go through on this website called Playoff Predictors and pick all the games from Week 1. And I'm going to start here. Just go left to right. Steelers, Bills. Bills are home. Going to go with the Bills. Josh Allen, MVP candidate. Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. The Bills amped up their defense this year by drafting Greg Rousseau, which I think is a great pick, defensive end for Miami. Also added Emmanuel Sanders to boost up the offense. And I think if the Bills can run the ball this year, which is a big question mark because Singletary and Zach Moss have not proven to be anything special yet. They're good, but they're not anything next level. But if they can advance to that next level, this Bills offense has zero holes. Zero. So I'm taking the Bills week one. 
whether they can run the ball or not, because Pittsburgh simply does not have the firepower to keep up with the Bills' offense. Not in front of their home crowd. Next game, Jaguars-Texans. That's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> Got to go with the Jaguars. I honestly don't see how Houston is going to win anything. I don't know who their quarterback is. I don't know anything about this team, to be honest. They lost all their talent in seemingly a matter of a year. They went from a playoff team to a dumpster fire in three moves, practically. Ah, I don't want to. I would hate to be a Texans fan right now. <laughs> Next game, Browns-Chiefs rematch of last season's playoff game. Round two playoff game where the Chiefs defeated the Browns in Kansas City. This game is also at the uh, Chiefs stadium. And although I really like the Browns this year, I expect them to be a playoff team and most likely win their division. I still have to take the Chiefs at home. They're the better offense. They can score like no one can. The Browns can score a lot, but their, their attack is really predicating on running the ball, controlling the ball, running out a lot of clock. But that strategy does not work against a team like Kansas City who can score on three plays. They could go to Hill. They can go to Kelsey. They can go to Hardman. They can, Patrick Mahomes will make something happen. He will score points. And their defense is good enough that it makes up for any, it, it's good enough to make up for any shortcomings on offense because there's not a lot of those. So all they have to do is pick up a little bit of slack and the Chiefs will, once again, be Super Bowl favorites. Dolphins-Patriots in New England. I think a lot of this depends on who starts at quarterback for for the New England Patriots. At this point, it seems as though Cam Newton is the favorite simply because of his experience. He's played well in the preseason, but so has Mac Jones. Mac Jones has surprised me in terms of his NFL readiness. However, I still think Cam gets the nod week one. We'll see if he finishes that game, but I think he's going to start it. Uh, but I think either way, Patriots at home, they spent a lot of money in free agency. A lot of money. And I, I don't think they're ready to uh, have two straight disappointing seasons. I, th I think the Pats are going to be hungry. Miami, two is a big question mark. And I just, I'm not sure if their offense is really going to be, uh, is going to really be able to overpower this New England Patriots defense that has multiple pro bowlers and the best coach ever. So Patriots at home. Ravens Raiders in Vegas. This is honestly a tougher decision than you might think. The Ravens will almost certainly be the favorites, but I think everybody sleeps on, on the Raiders, and Derek Carr especially. Derek Carr on a, on a different situation where, where he could win more games because his defense has been so bad historically, but if he was in a different situation, I think Derek Carr would be a lot more respected around the league. Um, I think this is going to be a close game, and Vegas will have to... Vegas is going to have to score a lot of points, I think, to keep up with, uh, with the Ravens. But Baltimore's run attack is simply going to be too much between Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and the backs that they have as well. So I'm going to go with the Ravens on the road. Vikings-Bengals in Cincinnati. No-brainer. Going with the Vikings. I think they're going to be hungry as well. A team that had a disappointing season last year. Their defense was bad. They had a lot of injuries on both sides. Justin Jefferson is a stud, though. Adam Thielen's a stud. Kirk Cousins is another guy that's super underrated in the way he can carry a team and an offense. So I'm going to go with the Vikings 
although I would love to see what Joe Burrow is going to do in his second season. Seahawks-Colts. I have no idea who's playing quarterback for the Colts. I know who the Seahawks quarterback is. Russell Wilson versus nobody. Got to go with Russell Wilson. Chargers football team. I believe this will be one of the closest matchups of this week. The football team has a great defense, although quarterback is a bit of a question mark between Fitzpatrick and Heineke. Kind of the opposite with the Chargers. I have no idea what their defense is going to look like, but they have Justin Herbert and a bunch of weapons. But I think I'm going to go with the football team at home because of their great defense. Jets-Panthers. I, I'm a big Zach Wilson believer. And I think Zach Wilson is, is better than Sam Darnold at this point in time. Give him two more preseason weeks. And I just I don't see Sam Darnold having any success with the Panthers. Even though they have weapons, he, Sam Darnold is not an NFL decision maker. He cannot make accurate passes to accurate or to open receivers consistently. He has not proven that in multiple NFL seasons. Yes, the situation was horrible in New York, but Darnold did not. Darnold was part of it, is all I'm going to say. So I'm going to go with the Jets, even though the Panthers are home. Titans-Cardinals. Going to go with the Titans. They added Julio Jones. They still have Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown is only in his third season, I believe. The Titans are scary on offense, and the Cardinals, they they really are, to me, they're just a mediocre team. I, I could see them hovering around 500 this season. I expect the Titans to win 10, 11-plus games. Broncos-Giants. This is a matchup of two quarterbacks who are probably in their last season of starting unless something changes. Between Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, those guys are in very similar situations in terms of uh, their job security. And they're also in similar situations in terms of the teams they're on. Teams with a lot of weapons on offense. Not great alliance, though. So it's hard for them to, to find the weapons. And the one thing the Broncos do have, though, is the defense. An elite defense. Much better than New York's, in my opinion. Which is why Denver will win that game. Cowboys-Buccaneers. Who knows if Dak Prescott will be 100% for this game, if he even plays. The Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. You don't have to overthink that one. Go Bucks. Eagles Falcons, Battle of the Birds, two teams in slightly different situations. Eagles rebuilding, hoping Jalen Hurts is the future of the team. They have Devontae Smith, they have Jalen Rieger. Defense isn't great. Although same thing for the Falcons, the only difference is they have a couple guys that are more proven. Calvin Ridley is a stud wide receiver. Matt Ryan has won an MVP, but their defense is bad. They also added Kyle Pitts. So, the one thing, I will pick Atlanta for this game, and the reason why, they are at home. But, the, the one reason why is the experience. Jalen Hurts just simply does not have enough NFL experience at this point for me to believe in him. I do think one day he will be a starter caliber quarterback, but he has yet to make a full season of starts. So, coming into week one, especially with the amount of turnover and, and instability in this franchise... I can't really pick them against a team like Atlanta that has had some stability. 49ers-Lions, I don't know who's picking the Lions there. 49ers are better in every aspect. Better quarterback, better offensive line, better running attack, better receivers, and a better defense. Packers-Saints. As a Saints fan, I want to go with my boy Jameis Winston to win this game at home in the Superdome. But 
Aaron Rodgers just won MVP. He's back. Devontae Adams coming off a career year. Their offensive line is elite. And their defense is about as good as the Saints. So really the only difference between these teams is quarterback and receiver because Michael Thomas is hurt, and I have no idea how good the Saints quarterback is going to be this year. You know what you're getting from Rodgers and Adams, so i got to pick the Packers. And finally, Bears-Rams. I'm assuming Andy Dalton is going to start week one because Justin Fields is a little bit uh, a little bit raw, in my opinion. Andy Dalton has proven he could be an NFL starter and win games. The Bears' defense is good, but the Rams have, once again, better, pretty much better at, at everything. They have arguably a better defense, better pass defense, 100%, a better quarterback, and a better offensive line. So got to go with the Rams there at home. So that concludes all my week one picks. If you're watching this, you can see them on screen. And uh, that's all I have to talk about. So uh, let me know what you think. And thanks for watching.